Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here is one of our leaders, Sam Kayhart. He is here. Hallelujah. I just feel the Holy Ghost all ready to rock and roll in this house. Hallelujah. He is good. Welcome. Welcome. And thank, thank you, Jesus, for drawing you this morning. Because I believe there is a word that he is going to give. And I want to ask you this morning before I get started, why are you here? Why are you here? You might think, well, that's a weird question for you to be asking somebody. But why are you here? There was a, a way of events that caused you to be here this morning. There was a decision that had to be made on your part. There was something that had to be decided. Maybe somebody asked you to come. Maybe this is your first time here and you're like, okay, this is weird. But maybe you've been here for 25 years or 30 years or five years. And it's starting to become a way of your life. And you just come because it's, it draws you. Or God drew you this morning. But God may have drew, drew you this morning, but there was still a decision that had to be made on your part to come. And this morning I'm going to talk about obedience. And we're going to tie in what it means as we finish up a series called When God Speaks. And it's not about just hearing the words of God, but it's about being obedient to the words that God has given us. It's one thing to hear God's voice, but it's completely different to actually do what God says. Anybody can hear God's voice. Some people hear God for everything. Like, oh yeah, I was in the grocery store the other day and God told me to get the green beans and not the green peas. Right? Or God told me that I needed to sit on the couch this morning instead of my recliner. And some people hear from God all the time. Well, I'm just going to tell you this morning, God does not run off at the mouth. He is not somebody that, that is going to tell you every bit and part of your life. But God is somebody that speaks into your heart and into your very being. Pastor Matt talked last week about discerning the will of God. And what do you do when God speaks to you? Are you just hearing his voice? Is it just echoing in your ears? Or are you actually taking that word and applying it? Because it is in the application that you will see that word come to fruition, that you will see the promises of God come. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. If you would pray with me. Dear Father, we ask that you come into this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for your presence here. We thank you, God, for, for just allowing us the opportunity to come before, your, before your, your throne, Father. That you have called us your people. And we call you our God. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come into this place. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And move in our hearts, create in us a new heart. And let us not leave this place the same way that we came in. Father, we came with expectation, as Pastor Matt said this morning. We come with expectation, and we will not leave until we receive. Lord, let that be the cry of our heart. Let it be the cry of our heart that we will not leave until we receive. And Lord, I pray that you would open up hearts this morning, that you would open up eyes, that you would open up ears, that we would not only hear, but that we would leave this place with application to what you have spoken this morning. Lord, minister to us in a new way. Fall afresh in this place and change us for the better so that we can affect those around us. In the name of Jesus, and they all said, amen. Hallelujah. How many of you believe God's going to do something in your life today? Amen. Hallelujah. We got some expecting people in this room. Hallelujah. God is going to move. So I'm going to jump into Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 46 to 49. 
It says, this is Jesus talking, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug a deep, who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it. Now the torrent is the river, so it's talking about a river. And because it had been well built, the house didn't come down, right? But one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus is talking, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me Lord of your life? And he's basically, and he puts before them, if you take what I'm telling you and apply it to your life, then you will build a foundation. You'll build a house on a foundation that is immovable. But you call me Lord, Lord. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You're hearing what I'm telling you, but you do not do it. And maybe this is where you're at this morning. Maybe you're hearing God's voice and he's telling you something and you're just not applying it. And you come to church and you, and you praise him and you say, thank you, Jesus. You are my God. You are my Savior. And Jesus says to you, why are you calling me Lord if you're not going to do what I'm telling you to do? Why are you calling me Lord if you're not going to change the way you're living? Why are you going to call me Lord and still go to the bar every Friday and Saturday night? Why are you going to call me Lord and go home to your computer and look at pornography? Why are you going to call me Lord and talk to your kids that way? Why are you going to call me Lord and treat your wife or husband that way? Why are you going to call me Lord and not do what I told you to do? Almighty God, he's coming this morning. Why are you going to call me Lord and not do what he's calling he who does not do what God's called him to do is like someone who builds a house in the sand or a castle in the sand. It's quite often referred to. But he's talking about a house without any foundation. And when you build a house, in this case, by a river, right, because storms are going to come, the rivers rise, the, the, down in Oklahoma, the tornadoes, all the disasters going on down there. You build a house without a solid foundation. And when... When storms in your life come after that house, when they beat against the wall, when they're tearing at the shingles, when they're trying to rip everything down that you built up, if your foundation is not on Jesus Christ, that house will fall. It will fall. It will fall. Maybe your house is falling this morning. Maybe your house is falling and you don't know what to do. Maybe you feel broken and destroyed. And the river just keeps coming and getting higher and is pushing and tearing everything that you've ever seen in your life built apart. Your marriage is falling apart. Your kids are leaving you. Your job isn't working. Things are falling down in your life this morning. Well, God is calling you. And I believe that this word is for, for some of us in that area and for some of us that are maybe are starting to build on a rock. But God is calling you this morning and his word is speaking to you. His word is saying, quit looking at the house and start looking at me. Quit looking at the foundation you built that is being destroyed and start looking at the foundation that I built that is the rock that sits in the middle of the river and as the river flows, it goes around the rock and over the rock, but the rock stays right where it is. Be founded on the rock. It's what God calls us to. When God speaks, something is supposed to happen. Every God can't lie. For a long time, I said, well, I, don't, I always had this thought. When you say God can't, I have a really hard problem with that statement because God is God. But God can't lie. And the reason he can't lie is because when he speaks, 
It comes to existence. So when he says the pen is blue, if it was red, it turns blue. Hallelujah. Now that's a God I want to serve. But he can't lie. So when God speaks, things come into existence. Things happen. When he spoke the world into existence, all he said was, let there be light, and boom, light came. Before he spoke a word that says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, the Spirit was hovering over the tumult of the waters. It was waiting. He was waiting to hear God's voice. This is where we need to be at. We need to be in the waiting. We need to be in the waiting for God's voice until he speaks, then we move. It was waiting. It was hovering. It doesn't say how long it was hovering. It doesn't say if it was for two minutes, two seconds. Maybe it was 400 years. Maybe it was a million years. It was sitting there waiting on the words of God. And when the voice of God, it moved. Just like that. Something is supposed to happen when God speaks. Are you moving when God speaks in your life? Are you moving when God speaks in your life? When you're obedient to God, whatever life throws at you, any storm, any raging river, anything that's trying to tear down your house, that foundation is immovable. The house, it may be in shambles. But the foundation will not move. You might feel like you're in shambles this morning. You might feel like everything in this world has been tearing me down, tearing me down, tearing me down. Well, I'm telling you right now that God is not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you. He is there for you. And he will be there when you are ready to start to rebuild. Because the foundation did not move. Which means you do not move. You stay on that foundation and you build according to his word. Not your word, not what you want, not your desire, not what, not what feels good to you, not what this world tells you you need, but you build according to his word. And you build on that rock. Almighty Jesus. God speaks in so many different ways. He speaks in so many different ways. And he speaks to young and he speaks to old. He spoke to Samuel, the prophet Samuel. At a very young age in his sleep, he spoke to him and he said, Samuel, Samuel. He called his name. Maybe God's calling your name this morning. Maybe you've never been to done this church thing before, and you're like, man, last time I was in church, it was not like this. <laughs> but God's calling your name this morning. And if you don't hear it, I'm telling you right now, he's calling your name this morning. He's calling your name. And he desires for you to call his name, for you to, to ask him to be a part of your life. For you to reach out to him so that he can begin to build that foundation in your life. Samuel was called several times, but he didn't know at this time the voice of the Lord, which many of us at the time that the voice of the Lord calls out to us, we don't know it. And so he goes to uh, the priest Eli, this old gentleman who knew the voice of the Lord, and he goes to him because he thought Eli was calling him. And he says, I am here to Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed, and the Lord calls him again, Samuel, Samuel. And he hears this voice calling his name. And he goes again to Eli, and he says, here I am. He says, I did not call you. And he does it again three times. And Eli, now perceiving the third time that the Lord was calling Samuel, said, go back and go to sleep again. And when he calls you, tell him that you are there. Don't move and seek a human. We need to quit seeking the world for our answers. We need to quit seeking the things 
that this world is telling us, what our friends are telling us to do. Oh, you need, you know, you need to, you need to get out of that relationship. You need, and sometimes it's good advice, don't get me wrong. But start putting it to the word of God. If it doesn't line up to the attributes and the characteristics of who God is, then it's not God. And we have to listen with our ear, with our spiritual ear. And Samuel's called, and then the Lord speaks to him, and he says, here I am. And Samuel, through the voice of the Lord, this is the first time that Samuel has heard the voice, he begins to know the voice of the Lord at a very early age. So no matter how young you are or how old you are, God can speak to you. And Samuel becomes the greatest, one of the greatest prophets and priests that the Bible talks about. It's ever been known. He brings, ultimately, he anoints, he brings the anointing of kingship to the, the nation of Israel. And he anoints the first king, Saul, and then he anoints the second king, David. And Samuel was born at a time that the presence of God had left Israel. And in his bringing, this holding of the anointing of God and setting it on King David, through King David, the presence of God is brought back into Israel, back into Jerusalem. And God is calling you this morning to bring his presence back into Stephen's point. It's not just for one person, but it's a burden that, that God allows us to carry because it's something that he has placed inside of us, something that we can get excited about, something that we can tell people, I am free. I am a child of God. I'm not confined to this world, but I am made whole in his name and his word. We can just start speaking that to people. And they'd be like, what? You're weird. <laughs> True. But then they'll be like, you got something I want. You got something I want, right? So I want to go uh, to the first king that Samuel anointed, King Saul. So we'll, let's go to 1 Samuel 15. We're going to start in verse 19 and read a little bit about Saul. At this point, Saul is... is uh, He's carrying out a word of the Lord. And what we'll find out is he doesn't quite follow what God had said. He believes he followed the word of the Lord, but he didn't quite follow it. So verse 19 starts out, Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord. And went on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and have brought back Agag, the king of the Malak, and have utterly destroyed the Malachites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choicest of things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel said to him, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Samuel is rebuking Saul because Saul was given a mission. And in that mission, he was to go to the Amalekites and completely destroy the nation, destroy every person, child, whatever it was, and every animal that they had. Because the Amalekites were someone that God had a strong dislike for. There were some people that had come against his nation and tried to take him out many times. And he sends Saul and he says, Saul, you're going to defeat them. And Saul goes and he only kills 
all the people, he he withholds the king. So the word of the Lord is to kill all, all animals, everything that they have, completely take it out so that the seed cannot be planted again for the evil that they were doing before. And Saul goes in there and he kills almost everything. Now almost everything isn't everything. And they take the choicest sheep and the choicest oxen and they keep them to sacrifice to the Lord. And he, he thinks this is a good thing, right? And this is kind of where we're at sometimes when God speaks to us. We think we're doing the right thing, but we're not doing the whole thing. And Saul gets to this point where Samuel comes and says, you did not obey the voice of the Lord. He told you to destroy them. What is this that I hear the bleeding of oxen and the bleeding of sheep? And who is this guy, this king, King Agag? What are you doing? Why is the king still alive? The very person you were to destroy is still alive. And Saul says, well, we brought the choicest oxen and the choicest sheep so that we can sacrifice to the Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, quit bringing other people's sacrifices to the Lord. God wants your sacrifice. If you keep trying to substitute what God's calling out of you with what somebody else has, this word spoke to me. I got this this morning. This word spoke to me. Quit giving something that other people have to God instead of giving your own. We're being deceived by the enemy. We're being deceived by what, by what the world is telling us to do. Well, you can take what they have. You can take, uh, you know, you can take what they've given you and then give it that way. No, 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 no. Take what you've taken and give it. No. God's calling a sacrifice out of you. He's calling you to obey his word fully and completely. It was in the disobedience of Saul, this very thing, that caused the destruction of his kingdom, his kingship. He would no longer have any lineage in the kingship of Israel. One disobedient act. What is God calling you to today? And maybe you can look back and say, well, I, man, I've been there. I, I disobeyed and I didn't do this one thing. Well, God can redeem you. He can redeem you with the next word. But you've got to be willing to hear that word. You've got to be willing to hear it. Abraham was an old man called at 75 years old. And when he was called, and God said, leave the, the land of your home in Haran. 75 years he spent in one place. Now, I'm not 75 years old, but I would believe that if I was 75 years old and God called me and said, you need to move, I'd be like, uh, you sure about that? But Abraham believed God. See, his faith was counted unto him as righteousness. And faith comes by the hearing of the word and hearing by the word of God. I love that. That means that my faith is built by hearing his word. My faith is built by hearing his voice. Pastor Matt talked about it last week. It's the word of God. This is the word of God. You want to you hear from God? Get in here. Start reading the scripture. That's where God will speak. <laughs> faith comes by hearing. See, we can't build faith in God. I'll never be able to believe in God if I can't hear God. If I can't hear his word, I'll never have the faith to believe in him. But the faith to believe in him doesn't always come easy. Abraham was probably had some conflict inside of his heart, thinking, man, God, I don't know. I, I've lived here my entire life. This is where my family grew up. This is, this is the area that you put me in, and, and this is where I, I feel like I'm going to finish my life. I, I don't know how many years I got left. I'm, I'm 75 years old. I'm old in age. I can't get around that great. And God, what do you have for me? But Abraham obeyed, and he said, okay, God, I'm going. Because Abraham believed God. 
God was so much in Abraham's heart and his desire that he believed God to the point of him obeying even in times of uncomfortability or conflict. He still did it. Even to the point where God had promised him a son through a covenant and that son came to him at the ripe old age of 100 years old. And that son came, his wife bore that son at 90. And when that son came, the son got to be about teenage years. And then God said, okay, I'm calling you right now. I need you to go to the land of Moriah, to a certain mountain. He didn't tell him what mountain. He said, I need you to go to the land of Moriah, to a certain mountain. I need you to sacrifice what I gave you. Are you willing to give back to God what he gave you? A son. A son. A son that was promised him. A son he had waited a hundred years to have. An inheritance for his life. A hundred years. And God says, all right, I've given you this son. Now give it back to me. And he speaks into Abraham's life. He doesn't give him a lot of detail. God's not a God about detail. You're waiting for the details that God is trying to give you. You got one word. And you're like, okay, God, I need a little bit more. But God is waiting for you to step in that one word before he's going to give you something else. See, Abraham had to start to go. And I'm sure the conversation with his wife was kind of like, uh, baby, God wants us to sacrifice our son. And uh, I need to go. I'm sure that didn't go over so well. She's probably like, you hearing from God? You sure that's what he said? You going crazy? But no, Abraham left. He took Isaac, his son, and he went with wood and with servants, and he started walking. God didn't tell him which mountain. Abraham is walking, and he's like, probably looking around thinking, oh, man, I don't know where to go, but I just know that I got to walk because I know that if I get close enough to it, and when I, when I get to the point to where I can see it, I will know that it is the place. And so he's walking. He's walking in what? Faith. Because of the word that God gave him. He said, go to the, to the land of Moriah and to a certain mountain. And there I will show to you what you need to do to provide a sacrifice of your son to me. And so he's walking. And in the midst of his walking, he sees the mountain afar off. And he says, that is the place. I know that is the place because it's in my spirit that that is the place where I need to go. He knew it when he saw it. When you're walking in what God has given you, you will know it when you see it. When you're staying in the scriptures, when you're praying, you will know it when you see it. And now Abraham does something pretty neat. He, he takes his servants and he says, you stay with the donkeys as myself and the child will go further. See, sometimes we try to take those that are with us along with us on the way, which don't need to come on the way because they'll become a hindrance. And this comes back to where I get to the point of being contingent on the world or on your friends or on the people that have always influenced you, on your mom and dad or on anybody that is in your life that's trying to tell you to go one way or another. Sometimes you've got to cut the ties and tell them to stay with the donkeys because God has a calling for me and I need to go a little further. And I know that if I bring you along, you're going to try and stray me a different way. And so he goes in the word of God and he goes to this mountain and, and, and his son says to him, he says, Father, the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham, in his obedience to who God is in his word, says, the Lord will provide. Probably still with some conflict in his soul about giving up his son. But he says, the Lord will provide. And what 
an outstanding statement. Little did Abraham know he was speaking into the future. Little did he know he was speaking thousands of years ahead of time that Jesus Christ would come and be given for us, that the Lord would provide a sacrifice for us, that we would be washed and cleaned and made whole before him, and our sin would be paid for through the sacrifice, through the providing of God of his own son. But yet Abraham walks further, and he goes to the mountain, and he builds the altar with the wood that he has, and and he ties his son Isaac down to the altar, and then he takes his knife, and he begins to raise his knife. And in the mid-stroke of raising his knife, the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham. And he stops, and he says, here I am, Lord. Talk about hearing God's voice. If he misses this one statement, he kills the promise that God gave him. We need to live today in the word that God has given us today. Don't live today in yesterday's revelation. See, if he just kept walking in the word God gave him several days ago to go to the Mount Moriah and provide his son as a sacrifice, he would have killed that promise. But now in mid-stroke, he hears the voice of the Lord. This is why we've got to have ears to hear. He hears the voice of the Lord. He says, here I am, Lord, and he stops midway. And God speaks to him. And he says, now I know that you are obedient unto me. Now I know that your faith is real. Now I know that you will do anything I call you to do. Now I know that you hear my voice. Was it so much so that that he went and took his son to sacrifice to God? Or was it that he heard him in the midst of about to kill the promise God gave him? He heard the voice of God and he obeyed. He stopped. Are you stopping what you're doing to hear the voice of the Lord so that the next step you take will be in his righteousness and not your own? And then God provides that sacrifice, the ram tied in the thicket. And the ram tied in the thicket takes the place of his son Isaac, which is a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ was going to do for us. Isaac was going to pay for his own sin. He was was only pure enough to pay for his own sin, to die for his sin, and to pay for that. But yet the, the ram is the foreshadow of Christ taken out of the thicket and put down on the altar, taking the place of us. Jesus came and he took our place on the altar. We were tied. We were about to be killed. And yet we called to God and said, Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross that you have called me a son, that you have washed me clean, that you've taken away my sins, that you've taken away my failures, my hurts and my pains. And you have made me whole in your righteousness and truth. And he he says, okay, the knife stops. And he says, You know, Abraham, Abraham, the knife stops. And he says, I have provided. And Jesus lays down on the altar. And Isaac gets up and says, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. And Jesus dies for everything that Isaac had ever done. And he is complete and made whole. And he's done the same thing for you. God Almighty, he is good. The power of what Jesus did on that cross goes beyond what we even try to think or fathom sometimes. He is amazing in so many different ways. But Abraham was obedient to the voice of God. Don't forsake the voice of the Lord. Don't get one word from God and just walk in and say, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. Because there might be another word. And if you miss the next word, you might kill your promise. It's important to keep our ears open in the spirit. To understand what it means to hear God. Through his word, through prayer. If you're not praying and you're, and you're relying on a word that God gave you so long ago and you're not in the word, I'm telling you right now, you're going to miss the next word. 
You have got to be with God. You've got to be focused on God. You've got to have him a part of your life. He's got to be so much so a part of your life that he's every part that, that, that you walk in and with. And Abraham is obedient to God, and God's calling us to be obedient to him. I'm going to go to Hebrews, and I want to talk a little bit more about this Jesus guy. So let's go to Hebrews 5. Jesus was somebody that was completely obedient to God. In Hebrews 5, i got to find my notes. Seven through through nine. Hebrews five, seven through nine. It says, In the days of his flesh, it's talking about Jesus, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety or his power or the godliness. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. Your house is being ripped apart right now. Maybe you're in a world of pain. Maybe you're in a world of hurt. It is through the suffering that you will learn to obey. Because we see the product of disobedience. We see the house that is beginning to be destroyed. We see things in our life that are being broken down. And it is through the suffering that God causes us to become even more obedient to Him. Because we know that we cannot do it ourselves. The more I try to do it myself, the more destructive things become. The more I try to make myself righteous before God, the more I get torn down by the enemy in the world. I cannot build this house on what I have done. The Bible says to put your eyes on the things, not of this world, because when you put your eyes on the things of this world, those things are only temporary. If I'm looking at what I can do, that's going to fail. That's going to pass away. It will pass away. I cannot do it. It will not last. It will not stand. I don't know about you, but the Mississippi River has been around a long time. And I'm sure it's destroyed a few houses in its day. That river's going to last longer than any house I build. But that rock that was there from the foundations of the earth, that rock that was set in that river from the foundations of the earth still stands there yet today. That rock is Jesus Christ. That rock is the one that came for you today. That rock is the one that calls you to build your house upon it. Bible also says that there is no other foundation in which man can lay than that which is Jesus Christ. All other things will pass away. What are you building on this morning? And is your house falling apart? Maybe you're building on what you've done and you're like, man, I'm doing good. I, you know, this is where I'm at. And I'm doing exactly what you're telling me not to do and it's going pretty well. I got riches, I got glory, I got all this. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to come a day when you die. And you're going to come before the throne room of God. And you're going to come before him and you're going to show him everything that you did. And he's going to say, get away from me, you wicked servant. And he's going to cast you down to the lake of hell. That might be harsh words, but it's the truth. It's the reality. I need you to know that. I need you to know that if you don't turn and start to build your life upon the rock of God, the life that you're building here in this world is going to end up in shambles in the fiery pit. 
and it will burn up straw and wood and everything created by man. It will not last. And the flesh-eating worms do not go away. They do not die, and they continue to eat. And maybe you feel like they're eating you right now, but by the word of Jesus Christ, by the power of his name, you can cast those worms off of you, and you can become whole in his sight. You don't have to live the life you're living now. You don't have to live in the pain that you're living. But you can put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ. And the suffering that he went through caused the obedience of him to the cross, to the obedience unto death. He was obedient to the voice of the Father unto death. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, do it. But your will be done. Sometimes the cup that God has given us is not something we want to drink. But his will be done. And in his will, it wasn't the salvation of one person, but it was the salvation of the entire world. Anyone that called on the name of Jesus, that confessed him as Father, as Savior, and believed in their heart that they would be saved through the obedience of one, all were saved. But through the disobedience of one, we see that all were in sin, which was Adam. He overcomes disobedience with obedience. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you today, overcome disobedience with obedience. It might not feel good. It might not feel like what you want it to be. It might conflict with where you are. It might conflict with your friends. It might conflict with your parents. It might not be what they expect of you. But overcome disobedience with obedience. And start to believe God for what he's telling you. And start to step foot on a rock that will not fade away. And when God speaks in your life, you will react and you will do the things he's called you to do. God is speaking to us right now. And he's speaking to some of you in a place of hurt and of pain and in a place that you've never known God before. And he's asking you right now to give your life. What does that look like? It's a simple prayer. We call it the believer's prayer. It is a prayer that says, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you came and you died upon the cross, that you shed your blood for my sins, that you took my place so that I could be made whole in your likeness and truth. It is basically a confession that he is Lord, that he is your God, and he will begin to renew and restore everything that you've been trying to do. And when you come before the throne room of God on that glorious day, he will accept, accept you into his kingdom. And when Jesus Christ comes again in his second coming, you will be standing in the armies of the Lord declaring the word of God. And what a powerful thing. Pastor Matt talked about the soldiers of this nation. Well, how much more glorious would it be to be a soldier of Christ? To stand in the armies of God, knowing that there is nothing that can defeat you because the power of Jesus Christ resides in all of the armies power of your commander is greater than anything you could ever know. I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, to do that. If you guys want to stand with me, take a moment. And it it looks pretty simple. It's nothing that's overwhelmingly difficult or hard, but you have to want it. You have to want to change your life. You have to be done with living in this world. You have to be at a point of changing who you are and becoming anew in Christ. And God will allow that change to happen in you. You have to make yourself available to Him. With every eye closed, I just want to ask, is there anybody in here that wants to receive Jesus 
as their Savior today. And if that is you, I just want you to raise your hand. So you can go ahead and do that right now. Thank you, Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you would be with us in this place today. And I just want you to, to say a prayer with me. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you needed to, or if there's another desire in your heart that you need to, to get back to obeying the voice of God, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Dearly Father, I ask that you would come into my heart right now. I ask that your voice would become real to me. I ask, Lord, that you would take away my sin and that you would renew this life. I believe that you are the rock in my life and I put my trust in you. I thank you, Lord, for everything you did on the cross and I believe it with my whole heart. In Jesus' name, and they all said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you said that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you on stepping off of the sand and onto a rock. And that storm you're going through is not going to seem as bad as it used to. And the waters are going to begin to go around. They're going to begin to be diverted. And the voice of the Lord is going to come quietly in the night through the flowing waters of the Holy Spirit. And He'll begin to speak to you. He'll begin to move in your heart. Be open to Him. Get into His Word and begin to know who He is. Thank you so much for your attendance to the Word. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.